Hello and welcome to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Some wonderful guests still to come on our programme today. We will hear from the man at the moment, Roger Verin, seven-timer yesterday. Extraordinary stuff, some big targets for some of his horses. We will hear from Aidan O'Brien talking of big horses and big targets still to come. And one of the horses of the season, of course, is Highfield Princess. We'll hear from John Quinn uh, during the course of the show as well. So those still to come. Uh, we'll start, though, with uh, reflections on uh, the story that, of course, has dominated the news headlines, not just in our sport, but throughout the world, the death of Her Majesty the Queen. I suppose, Matt, we all knew this, didn't we? And, and we've known it forever, but probably didn't like to think about it very much. Just how, how big her contribution to the sport was and has been. Yes, yeah. I mean, perhaps we've learned even more so since her passing, which is, which is often the way with human beings. And uh, uh, I think we will all remember for the rest of our lives what she's put in to the sport yeah. that we love and the contribution that she's made. And perhaps one or two won't quite have realised that contribution. Yeah, no, it's crystallised, I think, uh, uh, the course of this week. Uh, we, in light of the rest of our programme, actually, there's something that's just occurred to me is we'll all remember this season. You know, we'll, for, you know, lots of people are able to automatically recall certain races and certain seasons, but we'll all remember this flat season because of this one factor that's kind of dominated towards the, the, the close of it. So, yeah, well, these moments in history, I mean, for those who were alive, they remember 9-11. Yeah. Pretty much, I certainly remember exactly where I was yeah. in in 9/11. I was I was I was playing tennis when that came forward, and certainly in 2022, uh, everyone will remember where they were when the sad passing of Her Majesty the Queen uh, came to light. And I will always remember that moment at Southall Racecourse where where the news came through. Yeah, and it's um, one other thing that we've had a lot of time to do this week, and certainly lots of opportunity to do, is reflect on on good memories, memories on the race course in mm. particular, there'll be a lot of those. Yeah, I mean, in, in many ways, the pictures of Estimate yeah. and the Ascot Gold Cup are the ones I think that most will remember, but there were many more before that. But it's Estimate and the Ascot Gold Cup that I think most racing fans of a certain age will think of Her Majesty and the Queen uh, and her racing interests. And the great thing about those shots is they are completely natural. They are effectively a lady being happy winning a horse race. And that essentially is what horse racing should be about. A sport that brings happiness to those who own their horses. Yeah, it's the sheer pleasure, isn't it? The elation. If, uh, we've seen those pictures a lot this week. One man who's in those pictures, of course, is John Warren, who for a long time was racing manager to Her Majesty the Queen. We haven't heard from him so far this week, but we can hear from him now. She was a tremendous listener and always got to the punchline. She would always see things very clearly and with her tremendous long experience of horses and on any subject, I always thought that she got to the quick. She simply asked the relevant questions that were the most important ones. And she was incredibly kind and thoughtful. Um, and she was able to um, see the best in people. Um, and she was very pragmatic. And I think working with her, she took all the good news with wonderful grace and she took all the bad news. And when you're breeding 
horses and racing horses there are many challenges probably like a a football manager or something there's always injuries and there's issues that have to be dealt with but the queen coped with those as if it was just part of the process of weaving the story together rather than it being seen as a negative she was quite remarkable how she accepted situations so readily so she was quite remarkable to work with and to be with and um, hear her how her mind um, saw things in, in always in a bigger picture. There was detail that was vitally important, but the Queen always saw the bigger picture, which was really fascinating to see. That was John Warren there reflecting on the life and the lifelong love of racing of Queen Elizabeth II. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Our focus for the rest of the programme, very much what's still to come yes. in terms of the flat season. We'll reflect a bit on what's yeah. passed, we, but what's we, still to come. It's we a great should just say, Boise, that, that there were, we, we were expecting to do a sort of a betting show today. And um, uh, because of the way social media is, um, I fully expect a whole load, a tirade of abuse for not doing that. But obviously, with the circumstances going on at the moment in the United Kingdom, uh, it wasn't appropriate to do that kind of show today. We will do it next... Are we doing it next week? Probably next week, I think. That's Hopefully. Right. Fingers crossed. Um, so we wanted to concentrate on racing today. And who better to get on than arguably the greatest trainer that has ever been in the history of the world? Aidan O'Brien is with us. That's quite a build-up, Aidan. Oh, morning, Sean. Morning, Matt. Well, I mean, I'm not exaggerating, though, am I, Aidan? You, you must sit back some evenings and say to yourself, you know what, Aidan, you're not done bad, son. No, thank you, Matt. <laughs> no, listen, yeah, thank you very much. You know, we're in a, obviously, very privileged position, so I know it's very grateful to be in the position we're in. Thanks. Well... We're here to talk horses with you, Aidan, and uh, we'd like to start, obviously, with Luxembourg, who won his Irish Champion Stakes, and that was a good Irish Champion Stakes, wasn't it, with some brilliant French horses in there, Ernesto and Verdini, and Mischief in behind as well. You've had a chance to reflect on that. Um, what did you make of it, and, and have you crystallised and decided where next? Yeah, no, I, no we obviously were delighted with him, Sean. The, the plan was um, he had three races mapped out for him uh, if he made it back, um, which was the Royal Whip, the uh, Irish champion and uh, and then the Arc. They were the three races that were mapped out for him. Um, so obviously we were lucky that he made it to the first one and then obviously uh, progressed to the champion. And then if everything went well, the plan was to, to keep looking at the Arc. And, and that's where we are at the moment, uh, Sean. It makes sense, doesn't it? And everything about it, him and, and the pedigree and so on suggests that that should be no no issue for him. But of course, he's never been that far in, in, in anger. Uh, 100% confident the arc trip will suit and the, and the nature of that race will suit? Yeah, no, obviously, like you said, like, uh, until you see it, um, like, obviously, we always viewed him as the, his, his plan was that he would start in the Guineas this year and he had a little mishap early and we, we were very, like, very delighted with the run, really, considering. And then the plan was that he would go to Epson and then he'd go from Epson to uh, Decorah. So th that was his... his, his uh, planned out runs this year and obviously he missed Epson and he missed the Cora and then we had to get a, 
another one in if he was going to the champion. Obviously, if, if he had it on those two, he probably wouldn't have went to the right grip. He might have needed to. So, um, no, listen, um, it, there's nothing sure ever, uh, Sean. Um, but uh, we always felt that, um, obviously, we were always going to train him for the Guineas and the Derby. Mm. Had that gone to plan, and this is ifs, buts and maybes now, Aidan, would, was the ledger on your mind as well for the... Um, go and I'm, put not that sure. Up, right? I'm not sure ever... Ooh. I was um, uh, open for uh, consideration uh, with the lads after each run, you know, so right. they, they have a chat and think and what are other options, you know. So always those things are obviously always uh, um, possibilities. Obviously, um, the Triple Crown would have been something that would have been kind of always on his agenda, maybe. Um, but obviously, you have to see what happens and, and how those things happen, you know. So, um, um, no, so listen, you, you can never say it was or wasn't, but uh, the... Um, the Guineas and the two derbies were his first uh, first three runs, really. They, 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 that was on his programme. Aidan, um, <laughs> I think we've already established that you're, you're probably not a man um, who sits at home gloating. But for those of us who, who are able to comment about these things, a lot of us do feel that this could turn out to be your, your greatest training performance ever. Because at the end of the day, I remember speaking to you on 2000 Guineas Day uh, at Newmarket and you emphasising, look, this is a mile and a half horse. What we're trying to do is, is win the Guineas. And for him to have shown the speed in the Guineas to finish third, to shown the class in the Irish Champion Stakes to beat the best mile and a quarter horses just about uh, around bar one. And now, finally in October, and November to be sort of going over the trip, probably you've always felt that he needed. Um, could it just be that everything that he's done so far has been a bonus? Um, obviously, Matt, we, we always, uh, like I said, we, we, we were always looking forward to the Derby's vision. Um, um, that was always the plan and, and that was always the agenda that, that we had for him. Um, um, like obviously we were, we were delighted that he did what he did at the current and kind of knowing the stage of fitness and uh, everything that he was at um, and and obviously uh, going to Leopardstown like we were pitching him in off of a, a run where he had to step up an awful lot um, and it was going to be a, a strongly run race so it wasn't going to be Mickey Mouse race um, so it was like he was obviously in with the heavyweights you know and uh, he had only one very easy run before it. So he, he was going to be exposed um, if if uh, he wasn't up to it. But uh, listen, you never know, Matt, but there, we always felt that he, like mile and a quarter, mile and a half was going to be right up the street um, this year, you know. So, and uh, like obviously, we like, like I keep saying, we're very lucky and everything went well for his two runs so far. So um, we're looking forward to seeing him run now, really. You say we never know, Aidan, but I've got, I mean, we've got a, we can't see you, but we've got the, well, we had the picture of you up on the screen just now, and we imagine what goes on in that brain of O'Brien. And after the Cara Group 3, most of us looked on and thought, oh, head carriage is a bit high, scraped home. That's got no chance in the Irish champion or the, or the, or the arc. And you said, hold on, lads and girls, um, this horse will improve 20 to 30% from that. And you go to Leopardstown and you win the Group 1 and we're all in awe and thinking, oh, O'Brien is like God. Um, so can you put a percentage, Aidan, now that we know that you're good at this, 
um, <laughs> on how much he might improve from Leopardstown to the Ark? Yeah, no, it's obviously that's very difficult to say, but obviously, like his his, his work schedule had been brutal up to Leopardstown, um, so but it had to be for him to get to where we were hoping that he could get to, um, and obviously he, he can't go he can't go through that again, um, um, because we feel like he 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 was there when he ran in Leopardstown, so obviously uh, he'll he'll be. Um, doing maintenance work between now and the arc, and then the rest will be uh, when he goes the extra distance to see what he's going to happen. Um, but like, like when that happens to a horse um, and he comes out of the race well, like it's, it's always a massive thing, which we think uh, that he has. Um, so um, really, Matt, we're really looking forward to seeing what he's going to happen. Um, uh, like, like I said, back Leperson was tough and competitive and, and, uh, um, the other horse put it up to him all the way up, all the way to the line, and going to the line, like Ryan was very happy that, like he was there and and he he wasn't uh, stopping, if you know what I mean. So, like really, it is exciting to see, and and there is a chance, um, Matt going that extra distance again, you know. And uh, if that goes well, Aiden, is there any chance we'll see him next season? I'm not sure. Uh, Sean, that'll always be the lads' decision what they want to do, um, and and they always make those decisions after each race, I suppose. Um, like obviously, we're all we'd always love for them to race on because that's what we we do and that's what we love doing. Um, but obviously, it will be a decision whatever the lads want to do, um, and obviously there is always a chance, Sean. Yes, um, but it's it's whatever decision they they make and and uh, what of a route they want to go, really, I, I suppose. Sure. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, let's, can we quickly touch on a couple of two-year-olds while we have you, Aidan? Uh, meditate. Yes. Will, will we see her in the Cheveley Park? What's the plan for her? Yes, that's the plan, uh, to go to Cheveley Park. She came out of uh, the Corowell, and, uh, yeah, that's the plan at the moment with her. Uh, she's, uh, uh, Brett has just had to go by me a second ago, on, and, and he seems very happy with her. Good, good. That's very hot off the can, press. Can then I just ask with Meditate, um, Aidan? Yes. When Weltorse came by you the other day and you'd quick and clear, was yeah. there any part of you that looked at that and thought, did that really just happen? Have I just woken up from a dream or something? I mean, because it looked like you'd shot clear and won and you could have almost been thinking to yourself, right, we've won that. And then suddenly this, this thing of Rosewell comes from nowhere. Yeah, no, we, we always knew that Dermot's filly was very good. Uh, we ran again in, us, in, uh, in Galway. And obviously she ran against us in Galway in soft ground as well. Like our filly was obviously stepping up in trip um, in soft ground, and we we rode her kind of. Uh, we we didn't change much to what we did uh, on on uh, on very fast ground, which she won on the last day. So she she went and she quickened and and won a race, and and then and then Dermot's filly came and got her easy. The, the last furlong of our fillies. Uh, um, just very gentle, Shane. She was very gentle. The, the last furlong of our fillies uh, of the race was was very slow for her. So, um, like obviously, uh, we still don't think that she doesn't get seven and could get a mile. But um, obviously, she'll be very comfortable going back to six again. She she seems to be in good form, and uh, um, but like obviously, uh, Dermot's filly looks very good. <laughs> Sounds like you might know. Uh... Change tactics a, a little bit if you get another go. Let's see. Uh, little Big Bear, everyone is very excited about Aiden and won the Phoenix Stakes by a ridiculous margin. Um, 
you see him every day. Is he as good as he looked that day? Because that was phenomenal. Yeah, listen, uh, Sean, we always thought he was exceptional. Um, I, I remember, like, uh, very early on, from a very early, we thought, like, he was something very, very different. Um, and obviously, I remember when he got beat first time, like, we were kind of in a state of shock because, like, we had we had a whole group of two-year-olds behind them, like, by, by you know what I mean? It was, um, we were shocked when he got beat the first day. Um, we thought it couldn't happen to any. We didn't think any maiden could beat him, to tell you the truth. But obviously, uh, first time out, two-year-old Michael always says to me, like, you, 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 yeah, like you can never, anything can happen with him, and that's what did happen. And um, he went in the next day, and he bolted in, and then he went to, he went to um, Ascot, and he was very green. He was drawn out in the middle, and Ryan gave him a peach to to uh, get him, let him organise himself, and came home. And then he went back to the car and bolted in, and then. He went to the hinds and did the same. He he's a big, powerful, good-moving horse with a very good mind. He's by known and ever with um, with who is always a big influence for speed. But he's out of a mare that the family stay very well. So we think um, like he's going to be very exciting for next year. Ryan thought after that day that he would get seven standing on his ear, and that was the plan to go to the national stakes. So um, usually if they if they get seven that strong, there's a really big chance they're going to get a mile at three. Um, obviously, he's a very good moving horse. You, you probably wouldn't be running in soft ground with the action and the speed that he has. But um, uh, he's, listen, obviously, he's very exciting to, to look forward to for next year, we think, uh, Sean. Yeah, really exciting. Uh, one more for you. I, I, yeah, I just want to ask you about Kiprios, Aidan, because he, in many ways, I think, has been an unsung hero, but... Surely everyone is believing now. Um, he's still in the arc. I got the idea. I mean, it was mentioned the other day when he won uh, so brilliantly the Irish Ledger. But I got the idea from Moyglare they weren't that keen particularly. What, where are we going to see Kiprius? Is it more likely no. at Ascot now? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a strong possibility that he could go to the Kedron. Um, right. he, 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 yeah, he's come out of it very well. Um, and it, it's very possible that that's where he could go. And we'll see how he is over the next uh, little bit. Um, but he's, uh, he loves what he's doing and, uh, uh, and uh, kind of he really enjoys it, you know. So we can go back any time probably, but there's, I think there's a, probably a good chance that he could go to France. Brilliant. We can't wait. Hey, Aidan, now that you've got through to Sky Sports Racing this morning as well, any time you've got one of those two-year-olds that you think can't get beat, feel free just to text. Oh, absolutely, Matt. Okay. I mean, don't, Thank you. Don't, don't get me wrong, Aidan, because I'm a, I'm a decent fella. You can let the lads know first, but after that, if you could put us on speed dial, that would be tremendous. Yeah, perfect, Matt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aidan, thanks very much for your time this Sunday yeah. morning. Much appreciated. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Pleasure, Sean. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Thanks and you sit much, down Thank tonight, you. Aidan. You tell yourself, job, job well done with that Luxembourg. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay. So many other Thank horses you. we could talk about with Aidan. But that August Rodan, did you see that the other day? Yeah, and we've got to it's move gorgeous. on. Yes. We've got to move yeah. on. But there is a synergy with Baid with Luxembourg that people haven't really noticed. Because he's doing exactly the opposite, really, of Baid. Because he went the mile, the mile and a quarter, mile and a half. Um, not necessarily in the order they wanted to go, because they kind of would have been going a mile and a half and maybe come back to mile and a quarter at some stage. But... He, he's remember he's five from six Luxembourg. Yep. He's only been beaten once, in the and that was doing something he probably shouldn't have been doing. And maybe not the ideal preface we just yeah. as well. We Very must good move horse. on. The man of the moment is, of course, Roger Verin. Oh. He's up next.
Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. How was your Saturday? Not as good as Roger Varian's, I'll bet you. He had a seven-timer, a 35,000-to-one seven-timer across three meetings, including a, a big success for Sakir, of course, in the centre of all of that. And he joins us now, I'm delighted to say. Roger Varian joins us live from Newmarket. Uh, many thanks, Roger. I know it's a busy day. You've got the Sir Henry Cecil Open Day. Your place must be mobbed. You're, you're the hottest trainer in Newmarket. Yeah, it's always a good day, um, this, Sean, you know, a new market open day. It's, uh, um, it's a great cause. We always open. We've had a, a lot of people through, through this morning and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very well received from a racing public and it's good to have them here and, uh, no, it's good. Good, good vibe around my place. I bet there is. What a, what a week. I mean, the seven time yesterday, which was ridiculous and a, and a classic success, uh, back on Saturday as well. Yeah, yesterday was very special, obviously. And, um, you know, the St. Ledger, which, uh, of course, seems a long time ago now, um, you know, that was a, that's a very special day. And, um, uh, Elder, Elderov was paraded this morning and, and got a good reception from a, from a public here. And he's come out of the race very well. That's good to hear. Um, have you firmed up plans where next? Are, you, are we leaning Ascot? Are we leaning France? What's the latest for Elder Elderov? Yeah, no, no firm decisions. Um, those are the two races that we're considering. They come eight days apart, so it's a it's a window of time which is quite uh, straightforward to train him for. And um, you know, we we still got a few weeks uh, until that's upon us. But uh, I think uh, it's fair to say it'd be our intention to run him again in one of those races. Should we be happy over the next few weeks? Excellent. Could could you have gone to the Melbourne Cup, Roger, at all this year? Well, we, we did have him entered, um, Matt, but in discussion after the ledger, we, we felt that probably wasn't the right place for him at this uh, stage of his career. And, um, you know, so r rightly or wrongly, we, we've uh, shelved that plan. And we are, if we run again, we'll run, you know, either at Ascot or Longchamp and then put him away until next year. Well, we look forward to getting a chance to see him one more time. Just watching that ride again from David Egan, actually. We're just watching the, the ledger again. Of course, he... he... He rode a few of your winners yesterday, four, I think, of your, your winners yesterday, Roger. Not everyone had a brilliant ride in the, in the ledger, it's fair to say, but Egan was brilliant that day, wasn't he? He's very, very cool. He, he was, yeah. No, he gave him a cool ride. And there was probably just 50 yards of anxiety in the straight when, um, when the George Bowie horse came up on our outside and I was just worried. Perhaps David was as well, just for a split second there, but we might uh, be the meat in the sandwich and uh, get impeded in our run. But he, our horse managed to get his chest into that gap. And once he was, once he was there, he always looked like he'd come home the strongest. Um, you know, he's, he's quite a straightforward horse, take nothing away from David. He's a, he's a straightforward horse to ride. He switches off. Um, he finds his rhythm. Um, you know, he tries, he's, he's got a great attitude. He gives a hundred percent and he stays very well. Um, but uh, absolutely, David was uh, right on the money with his um, positioning and timing um, in the ledger, that's for sure. And, and Roger, obviously in the last few seasons, I mean, Andrea Razzini's been essentially what it looked like from the outside world as your number one, with David Egan being given more and more chances. To the extent now you could, you could argue as an observer from the outside that it's, it's kind of 50-50, I would say, moving forward. Is that how it will will stay, or is anything going to change? 
We we work within a pool of riders, um, Matt, as you know, and no one um, essentially is is number one or or, or number three. Um, uh, Andrea, of course, has been um, you know with us for a long time, but uh, you know he he's employed by Sheikh Mohammed Obaid, and uh, the Sheikh has lots of horses in training um, with lots of uh, different trainers, and of course. Um, because of Andrea's commitment um, to the Sheikh, uh, that's his priority. So when we're planning horses, um, where they're going to run every week and, and every day, um, you know, we can't always uh, rely on um, Andrea. And so, you know, David's been a, a beneficiary of that. And, um, you know, as have some of the other lads, Jack Mitchell and, and Ray Dawson, and, um, you know, all of them, um, you know, have had good seasons, I think, and are riding very well. Let's talk about one or two of the uh, the winners from yesterday, Roger, while we have you. Um, Sakir, who was brilliant yesterday and uh, clearly has huge amounts of speed, but now we're wondering, is he a guinea's horse? Uh, what's, what's the plan from here? What's the next step for you? Have you decided yet? Well, the future's bright, hopefully. <laughs> um, we were delighted with him yesterday and uh, he's come out of a race very well um, by the looks of him this morning. Um, no decision on his next race has been made. Um, so really, as as of you know, post race yesterday, I guess everything's on on the table at the moment. But you know, he looks um, he looks very good, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing how his career develops. I know it's really tricky, Roger, the the, the two year old to three year old transition. But what's your gut? What what does your gut, your trainer's instinct, tell you about this horse? Is he a guinea's horse, or is he all speed? No, I think he's got every chance of staying beyond six furlongs. And um, I don't think he was showing any signs of stopping at, at the line yesterday. He, he seems to be blessed with a very good mind, a good attitude. He's a strong traveller, but he's not silly. You know, he, he's sensible in his races. And um, I think he's bred to get, uh, you know, seven furlongs or a mile. And I think that um, his racing style gives him every chance of, of getting beyond six. And at some point we'll we'll go beyond six, and you know we can always come back to six if he if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't stay further. But um, to me, he looks like he could be a miler, and that's certainly what we hope he'll be at the moment. New owners so important for the sport, um, Roger, particularly uh, obviously in, in what's happened recently in the UK. But over the last two or three years, we've lost massive racing owners. KHK Racing, just looking their last seven runners. They've only had seven in the last two weeks. First, fifth, second, second, third, second, first. The two winners, of course, coming from Varian Stable out of those seven. Um, is this an organisation that is very much growing quite quickly, do you feel, at the moment? Well, it's a young organisation, um, Matt, uh, showing great enthusiasm and uh, a lot of investment in the sport. So, yes, I think you have to say it's... Um, you know, it, 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 it's growing, um, but, uh, you know, that, uh, I, I've got no idea really how, how things, um, um, from their point of view, are, are looking, you know, over a short term or, or, or long term. But I think it can only be, it can only be good um, that they're having success and, um, you know, long may that continue. Yeah. Um, Mick Barhi. Uh, Roger, how how good is Mitt Bai? Because that, that that was a good success yesterday. Do do you step up in terms of grade with him now? I think you have to. He's a he's a listed winner and a Group Three winner. 
and I thought yesterday he was very good. Um, came from, you know, came from last, didn't he? And uh, you know, one smooth run up on the outside. I thought that was a very well judged ride from David as well. And um, you know, we've always liked this horse, and uh, he's by profitable. And I don't think profitable really um, uh, sort of got um, to the heights that he did until he was a four year old. So. You know, Mitbahi, I think, has the potential of being a real top, um, top-class sprinter um, next year. I mean, he might, he might get there this autumn, but I think next year he's a really exciting prospect. Autumn targets? Could he go to the to an Abbey, for example? He could do. Yeah, he's in the Abbey and he's in the, the Champion Sprinter Ascot. That would uh, be stretching him over six furlongs, yeah. and um, we'll have to see. And I haven't had a chat with the owners yet, but um, possibly the Abbey. And, and Roger, finally, because we appreciate you've got to get going, just two horses that we haven't seen since April and May, and yet they could have ended up as your two best horses. I don't think I'm exaggerating there. Uh, Amena, who, of course, rang against Cache in the Guineas, staying on and probably was always going to need a bit further. And Aiden, who I remember texting you, I think, the day before... He came out of the derby saying how much I fancied him for the derby. That, that's put the mockers on him, I'm afraid. But um, um, those two horses, will they both stay in training next year? And are they still exciting? Yeah, don't text me again, Matt, before any <laughs> classics. <laughs> not, not, not the first trainer to have said that. <laughs> um, no, e Eden had a setback, uh, unfortunately, before the derby. And... Um, uh, and uh, will be in training, I'm sure, next year, but isn't back in training yet. Um, Amina is um, is a gorgeous filly who uh, will stay in training as a four-year-old, and um, you know could uh, could be very exciting. Brilliant. Good stuff. Um, I, I'm going to squeeze in one more, just very quickly. Bayside Boy, who was banged there in that St James's Palace, uh, will we see him again this year? And what's your take on his season? Yeah, well, look, he got lost in the summer a little bit. Um, you know, we ran him at uh, in the French Guineas at, at Royal Ascot in the St. James Palace and then in the Thoroughbred Stakes at Goodwood. And all three runs were on very quick ground. Mm. And um, at, at Goodwood, he, he told us not to run him. You know, he basically said, don't run me on this ground anymore. He wasn't enjoying it. And um, we've had to be patient and the owners have had to be patient to... And we ran him at Sandown last week, of course, on, on good to soft or soft ground. And um, and he won. Uh, only a listed race, but I thought he was fairly dominant at the line. And I, I hope that sets him up for a, a, a good uh, autumn um, target. And um, we'll have to protect him, I think, in the future on fast ground. But I hope that when he gets his conditions, he can still be a force um, over a mile and, and might even improve if we one day ask him to go over further but he I thought he got back on track last week and I was delighted good good to hear that uh, look forward to seeing him one more time uh, many thanks for your time uh, Roger really appreciate it congratulations on yesterday and, and thanks for taking time out today thanks Roger you're very welcome <laughs> no more texting. No more texting, I'm afraid, for Varian Stable. That's it from me. He's done. I tell you what, you only have to see the class of the stable by that room. I mean, that was immaculate white painting, wasn't it? That room was pristine. Yes. And you just get the feeling, when you go to Fanshawe's stable, the brass is all buffed as if it's, like, literally brand new, except it's, it's been just looked after. It's a good that room of Varian Stable there, crisp is the word I'd use. 
seal of approval from uh, mm. man's interior design eye there. Uh, well done to Roger Berrien yesterday. Great effort. We've got one more guest to come. The man who handles the career of the brilliant Highfield princess. Possibly the horse of the season, isn't she? We'll talk horse of the year. John Quinn after this. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. We've been focusing on the sort of back end of the season, mm. big targets still to come and big successes on the track. But one of the great successes of the entire season has been the campaign of Highfield Princess, managed brilliantly by John Quint, who joins us live now, I'm delighted to say. Uh, morning, John, and thanks for, thanks for joining us. I tell you what. Good morning. She's, she is the horse of the year, isn't she? I, I think for, for racing fans and punters everywhere, it's just extraordinary what she's done. Absolutely. She's, she, from where she's come from, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it gives, um, gives everyone hope, really, because um, while she was, she's nicely bred, um, but she wasn't, she, she wasn't bred to be a superstar, but she was, she was bred. To, there are enough winners in her family. Uh, her, her mother did breed a group two winner, but um, she was by a, a stallion that no one knew what he would do, but he's done tremendously well. Um, we, she was backward at two, likable but backward. And I said to her owner, I think, um, I think I'll get her on the track, the back end, and maybe get a run or two into her. And um, she pulled some muscles behind, so she never ran at two. So we were, whilst we did like her, we, um, I said to John Fairley, I feel if uh, you should train her next year, and I think she can win a race or two. And that's what we thought, you know. And she did. She did win a race or two, and um, you know, um, she looked uh, okay. Yeah. But then, <laughs> from, from running in races in, in, rated in the fifties, she's taken off in the next two seasons. What changed, John? Did you change anything? Did you change your regime? No. Did she physically change? What? Did something click mentally? What? What happened? Um. Well, certainly we didn't change. We, you know, we we. We have our own system here, um, and we we have our own. I, I didn't change anything dramatically with with her. Um, we eventually got her on a track at three, and she had one, one, two, three, four runs. She was third off fifty-seven. Then she won at, at Air off fifty-eight. Uh, then she won a Challenge off sixty-four. Second at Red Car off seventy. One off seventy-three at Chelmsford. Uh, second off 77, one off 80 um, as a three-year-old, which is, you know, that's, that's decent form, one off 80. Yes. Then we ran her in a, a list. Yeah. And then we ran her in a listed race at Deauville. She ran well enough, but probably was a bit too much too soon. Um, put her away. She came back as a four-year-old, ran very well at York. Um, her first run back off 83. Then... She won a handicap at Haydock off an auto 85, but she absolutely danced up. And I thought that day when she won the handicap, I thought, hmm, this filly is very interesting. You know, she could be a decent filly. I felt she'd go up quite a bit for winning at Haydock, which she did. So I ran her back two days later at Chelmsford with a penalty. and She just got bit caught on the line. But as a result, she then went from 83 to 92. And I said to John Fairley, I think there's a good handicap in this filly. So we 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 had our eye on the Buckingham Palace at Royal Ascot, um, and she was the last filly to get in. And she absolutely—I was watching it on the front—and she abs 
absolutely danced up and I thought to myself, hmm, mm, this filly is, this filly's really, you know, she's really f- finding her feet. Then I ran her in a listed race three weeks later and she won. She was fourth in a group race at Doncaster, third in a, third in a, um, it, third at Ascot in a, in the listed race. And her last run as a four-year-old, she was sixth, sixth in the uh, champion sprint, which was a very good run, and she 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 produced a good figure. So I said to John Fairley, um, he, you know, he, John's very good to train for. He said, "What do you think?" I said, "John, I think she'll win a Group Three for you. She might win a Group Two, but um, she's still improving." And to his credit, um, kept her in training this year. And um, let we, me stop you thought... there for just for a second, John, because yeah. the other thing, I mean, yes, and and. He, you stayed in training, and then we know what she's gone on to do this year. But all of these races we've been to, these are all seven, seven and a half furlong races. Yeah. And now we know that she's one of the quickest horses around. Yes, yeah, which is extraordinary, really. But I um, I trained for for um, some very interesting Australian people, and um, one man in particular, Adrian Whittingham, said to me the other day, he said, uh, we feel when horses really, really mature and find their strength, they get quicker. And that could be the case because she's never looked better than she's looked this year. Do you know? Chick Quiddy, Chappers here. Uh, great to morning. see you again. Saw you there yesterday in good form. Yeah. And it is extraordinary her rise. I, I think I've just worked out that her rating went up consecutively for 16 races. Now, I would, I would argue probably there's never been a horse that's gone up consecutively for 16 races, because there has to be a performance in there eventually that's just a bit below bar. You get dropped yes. a pound or something. Yes. So to have, to have done that is extraordinary. It's 30-odd races in two years, because she's only been racing for two years. Yes. Um, the one race that I'm left in a, in a conundrum with with her is actually Royal Ascot this year, because we know she stays seven strong. Everything yes. about the Platinum Jubilee suggests it was almost a furlong too far. She just weakened that day a little bit late on. With the benefit of hindsight, do you wish you'd taken on Nature Strip? And I, I'm really playing onto you, Quinny, here, because I really want you to say that you will have taken Nature Strip. But if you'd been against Nature Strip over five, do you think you might have had them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, at the time, we, were, we, were, we, we felt that she was... Um, uh, quick enough and 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 good enough to hold her own over six. Um, I only began to think really about five because you 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 know you, you've always to try and think outside the box. When when we were preparing her for the all weather um, championship at Newcastle in the spring, um, she came back looking really well. But she she was um she, she was she was she looked very very well. So it took her a couple of runs for her to. Um, really find her mojo but on her third run her, her, she had to run three times on her third run I ran her at Wolverhampton and she was second to a horse called Tone de Barone who was absolutely probably the quickest all-weather horse um, last or one of them in England and on that day she probably wasn't at her very very best but on that day um, if she didn't get slightly hampered off the bend she would have given him a run for it. And that day I thought to myself, this filly is very, very versatile. She's got speed, she's got stamina, she settles, she relaxes. So then um, we, 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 we weren't ruling out the, 
the Nunthorpe, if you knew what I mean. We were thinking about it, but we, you know, um, but she has surprised us in everything she's done, you know. Winning the Nunthorpe well, and, and, and then absolutely dotting up at the, at the, the Curragh, just been electrifying. But of course, now what we all want to know, John, is is where next? You could go to France, you could go five in the Abbey, you could go up to seven, you, could, you can go anywhere you like, you go to the Breeders' yeah. Cup. What's, yeah. what, what's the latest thinking? Well, we're, 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 we're going to, um, all being well, uh, the Breeders' Cup is our aim. Um, and whilst the Abbey is very tempting, she's done it all on, you know, she's she travelled all over Europe, she's been in Ireland, England, France, and it, it is tempting, but I just thought, um, you know, give her a bit of a chance. She, she did come back after Royal Ascot this year, we gave her a slight break because we had the um, uh, the race in France firmly in her mind. So she had 50 days off after Royal Ascot. And she turned up uh, at Deauville um, and she she performed very well. So I'm not afraid of, of running her after um, um, a bit of a break, you know. So our, our aim is firmly the, the Breeders' Cup. Five and a half furlongs on the turf. And it really... Should should be perfect because I think Keeneland is is a track that's going to be perfect for her. It's a little easier than somewhere like Del Mar, perhaps, and even yeah. uh, Santa Anita. So um, uh, I think everything. I will all Breeders' Cup races here on Sky Sports Racing. The good news is, Quinny, I'll be out there. Well, hopefully, actually, it's not confirmed, but <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be out there the week before to to annoy you and your boy because. I, I hope you are. I yeah, hope you are. yeah. I hope we're all out there, but um, that's the plan and. Um, as I say, you know, the Abbey would be very, and it is very tempting, and we've tried to win the Abbey. Uh, Liberty Beach got beat two, two short heads, and Elastinock was third in it, and it's a wonderful race. But we, we, I said to John Fairley, if if we can jump through last Sunday's hoop and and come out of it all right, and the filly seems absolutely fine, w- w- you know, we'd all love to take her to America and try and win out there. Fair play. It's a, it's a hell of a mission and, 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 and every, everyone will be rooting for you, that's for sure. Just so, something Nature Strip, we should add, is not doing. I have put it to the Australians. Look, okay. if they really want to prove themselves on the world stage, they need to now take on the princess in America and they've ducked you, to be quite honest. <laughs> Quinny, they have ducked you. And well. Scaring off the Aussie sprinters. The though. Aussie sprinters are even... That's how good you are now. The Aussies won't even take you on. Well, we'll see, but it's 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 one. She's she's wonderful filly, and it gives everyone hope when mm. when um, John John Fairley bought her dam with her with with her in uh, in full uh, carrying Highfield Princess for eighteen thousand, and so it gives everyone. Whilst it's very important that the big operations um, have success, it's also massively important that um, people feel that they can come across a top class horse for for you know not an awful awful lot of money yeah absolutely and also the reward of persevering and giving her time as well which you've done brilliantly look many thanks for your time john wish you all the best look forward to seeing you out in the states thank you ever so much lads thank you well thanks done, john john thank quinn you, that trainer of highfield princess that that's it's just it's a great story he's brilliant talking about her as well i mean he's absolutely right though isn't he there's a uh, probably even more so than than like sort of lady bowthorpe for for emma banks it's it's these horses that pop up that show that this game is not impossible. Yeah. It's not impossible. And, and they've held on to her, and, and look where she's taken them. Yeah. Taken all around Europe and now across to the States as well. It's a brilliant, brilliant story. Uh, somebody who sold the dream of ownership brilliantly uh, over a long uh, and colourful life, of course, um, was Henry Ponsonby, who kind of mm. invented the game of syndicate oh. owning, didn't he? Who passed away just the other day. I had a chat with him at Windsor a couple of weeks ago on Sky Sports Racing. Uh, loved 
talking to Ponsonby because he was just this absolute colourful character who, as people have said since his passing, and I had no idea whether his... I have no idea whether his passing is sudden or expected. It certainly didn't seem that we were going to lose Henry the other day. But um, he just loved the game. He gave Marquand and Holly Dorr this fantastic Royal Ascot double. Uh, he would speak all day. He said some very funny things. I put up, if anyone hasn't read it, on Twitter. He, he actually, I, I dug through my emails because Henry would email you randomly, <laughs> mostly about stuff you'd just ignore. But in 2019, he emailed me his question and answer session in the Racing Post from 2011. That, yeah. And um, one or two of his answers to one or two of those things are definitely uh, answers that will give you a chuckle. But, yeah, um, like anyone who met Henry you will miss not, not chatting to him. He was just... Look, he just loved horse racing, and if you're a fan of horse racing, he was the kind of bloke you'd love chatting to. And I... Windsor without him and Eve, chatting together and, and laughing and being gracious in defeat and loving the victory will be something I believe every racing fan will miss because he yes. was just a good bloke. Yeah, absolutely. And even those who didn't know him will certainly know those colours and uh, will have enjoyed many of those horses. Thanks for watching Racing Debate.